Hello friends, welcome back to Finding Aum. That's A-U-M, Awareness, Understanding, and Mastery, a podcast about optimizing our mental health by incorporating spirituality and other concepts to live a more meaningful life. This podcast is hosted by me, Dr. Prashant Sharma, a psychiatrist and someone who wants to bridge the gap between spirituality and science. Enjoy the show. Today, I wanted to talk about a concept called flow states as it relates to focus and concentration. What got me thinking about this is a recent change in some of the work I do. As you guys know, I'm a psychiatrist and I practice via telepsychiatry. More recently, I started doing independent psychiatric evaluations for veterans seeking benefits from the VA. Essentially, I assess veterans and write a report stating how much I believe their condition to be connected to service. It's a bit more than that, but that is what it is in a nutshell. These reports involve a lot of reading of medical records and background information, assessing the veteran, and then writing the report. Now, you can imagine this is different from the regular work I do. In my regular work, I will see patients one after the other all day, and I'm writing my notes while I'm seeing the patients, and the goal there is treatment. In this other case, while doing evaluations for these veterans, I might see one or two veterans per day because so much time is required in writing the letter. To give you an idea, depending on the complexity of the case, one letter could take me half a day or the entire day if it's really complicated. Which brings me to the topic of flow states. As I started doing more of these veteran evaluations and then sat down to write these reports or letters, I noticed that the reports were taking me an excessive amount of time. Now, keep in mind, I've been doing these letters for years, but this is the first time I'm doing them with this intensity. And I've been out of any type of school for many years, and I haven't written a paper in a long time. (laughs) But the issue was that notifications from my phone were distracting me and disrupting my concentration. And then by chance, you guys know how much I talk about synchronicities that we think are coincidences. I came across a video by a neuroscientist explaining flow states, and I decided to incorporate this concept in my work. What I found was that when I sat down to write a report, if I purposely concentrated on only that by setting my phone to do not disturb or putting it elsewhere, my productivity and speed both dramatically increased. This is because I was going into what is called a flow state. I found that to reach a flow state, I required about 10 to 15 minutes of intense focus and concentration, but once I reached it, my efficacy and speed was much improved. Now I realize this is not always possible. Obviously, we all work in different jobs and have different obligations. We might not be able to set our phones on Do Not Disturb, and as I mentioned before, on days when I see patients all day, I would not be able to achieve this state myself. So, obviously, this is for certain environmental circumstances, let's say, but I think it's worth it to think about this and recognize how it happens. Because there are times in our lives when we need to focus intensely and concentrate, and maybe even in a significant time crunch. So why not make it so that we can do that easier and we recognize what is happening in the brain as well? As always, I will also talk about how flow states relate to spirituality. So, the concept of flow has been studied extensively and I'll be drawing on scientific literature, as I always do, to help us figure out what is really happening in our circuits. For folks who are interested, I will include my source articles in the episode description. Essentially, flow is a state of task engagement with little to no worrying or self-reflection. Basically, we're able to set aside our daily worries or issues about self-esteem or imposter syndrome or whatever and fully concentrate on the task at hand. There are a lot of professional artists, 
scientists, athletes who use this concept to be fully task-absorbed and reach peak performance. But flow is not only for these folks. It's for us common folk as well, as we can engage in flow states during our work or even when we're having fun. One example I can think of right off the bat is I love photography. And when I sit down to edit a few photos in a row, I can spend an hour completely absorbed in this task and feeling this flow state for most of the hour. I'm sure you can think of some examples yourself as well. These states can even be meditative. One big benefit is that experiencing flow comes with a sense of accomplishment, meaningfulness, positive mood states. So it's a big benefit to lifting our moods. Now, one of my favorite tests that are done in research studies is, of course, functional magnetic resonance imaging, or fMRI. These tests can point us towards regions of the brain that light up during particular activities, hence giving us a sense of what part of the brain is activated. Interestingly, studies in the mid-2010s found that the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex is quite active during flow. And as you guys might remember from previous episodes, this part of the brain, the DLPFC, is involved in executive function, specifically task switching, prevention of interference, working memory, planning, cognitive flexibility, and more. They also found that the frontal areas in the brain specifically related to self-reflective thinking were less active. Now, as we know, self-reflection is important. It's good to examine yourself, your behaviors, your relationships, goals, your role in the world. But at times, you don't want all of those thoughts and interference creating muck in your brain when you're trying to intensely concentrate on one single activity. So in flow states, we can put all of those thoughts to the side for the task at hand. But how do we define flow states, especially as it relates to each individual? The first thing is that the task has to match that individual's skill level. A task that is too easy will lead to boredom rather than flow, and a task that is too difficult will lead to frustration, stress, and a lack of interest. Another aspect of flow is strong attentional focus or task engagement. This also stops or ignores thoughts or stimuli that are irrelevant to the task. This is helped by the brain's central executive network. Another key characteristic of flow is related to what I mentioned before, low levels of self-referential thinking. So during flow, stress levels are low, worries are not present, and we aren't getting tripped up on all the things that I mentioned before, self-esteem, imposter syndrome, etc., any of the things that can plague us during this time. It has also been shown by brain imaging studies that the default mode network is not very active during flow states. This part of the brain, the DMN, which you might remember from my past episodes as well, is a part of the brain that focuses on self-reflection, social evaluations, memories, and envisioning the future. You can see how in flow states, all of those thoughts fall to the wayside. So if we're, let's say, working on a project for work and we get into a flow state, all those other thoughts like, will I finish this project on time? If I miss the deadline, will I get fired? What will my coworkers think of me? The list goes on. All those thoughts fade away and we can focus on what we are doing at the present moment. Remember, mindfulness meditation decreases activity at the DMN, and that is a technique that allows us to focus on what? The present moment. But what do studies show about thoughts and perceptions of people in flow? Well, they found that people who experience flow often report feeling in control, 
having a clear sense of direction, and a condensed perception of time. This means that time seems to fly when people are in flow. I've noticed this myself when I get into these states while working on these reports I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. It's been theorized that flow-related changes in time perception may be linked to a reduced sense of self. This, yet again, makes me think of meditation, especially those higher, more intense states of meditation we can get to where we feel like our own mind, our own self, dissolves into the universe. I believe that if used correctly, flow can even bring about a sense of bliss. More on that later. Yet another interesting aspect of flow is motivation and rewards. Studies have found that the brain's dopaminergic reward system is more active during flow. This increased activity tends to coincide with feelings of optimism, hope, positive mood, feeling energized and motivated. It can also reduce feelings of fatigue or discomfort. Remember, coffee indirectly increases dopamine and has a similar effect. But this also means that we can achieve that same feeling by going into a flow state by setting up conditions in our environment in the right way. Now let's go back to the brain. There is a small nucleus called the locus aurelius, which mainly releases norepinephrine in the brain. Norepinephrine has a lot of different functions and effects in multiple parts of the brain, but what has been shown is that norepinephrine regulates decisions on task engagement versus disengagement, specifically comparing task rewards versus costs. If the rewards are favorable, this system facilitates a brain state supporting task-relevant information processing while neglecting or actively suppressing stimuli that are irrelevant to the task at hand. You can see how this is a system that has evolved over time and is rooted in evolution and survival. If I'm out in the woods hunting a boar, my attention must be razor sharp and focused on the animal while dismissing irrelevant things in my peripheral vision like a bird flying through the trees. And while I'm not hunting boars on my usual workday, thankfully, as I would be terrible at it, we can use this underlying brain mechanism to help us get things done or get more enjoyment out of our hobbies. Another interesting observation is that certain ADHD medications, like norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors, increase the amount of the neurotransmitter available in the synapses, thus improving focus, attention, and executive function. But how can we relate flow states to spirituality? Of course, I'm not going to leave spirituality out of this episode, right guys? Now, essentially, flow is an altered state of consciousness. Sure, it's one that you can be taken out of by a loud noise, event, your phone ringing, distraction, but it's still an altered state of consciousness. Flow has been associated with disassociation, a feeling of oneness with everything, out-of-body experiences, and obviously time dilation. Interesting, because this reminds me a lot of what psychedelics do in the brain, of course, to more pronounced levels. As I mentioned before, flow comes with a diminishment of self, time dilation, merging of action and awareness, increase in creativity, and increase in insight. As we know, psychedelics have been extremely helpful in recent studies with respect to allowing people to develop insight into their struggles in a deeper and more meaningful way, and in a way that allows them to solve their psychological issues or burden. And seeing that flow allows us to reach a state with some of the same characteristics of a psychedelic state, 
it makes me wonder how we could potentially amplify this flow state in ourselves to gain some of these same benefits, just without a substance. Reading through some of the effects that flow states have on the brain when it comes to findings on functional MRIs and EEGs, it's very reminiscent of meditation, specifically mindfulness meditation and transcendental meditation, or TM. Amplification of the DLPFC, weakening the DMN, very similar characteristics. Also interesting is a study done on individuals who were regularly practicing TM found that it was much easier for those individuals to reach flow states with peak performance without any strain or rush. So it turns out we can condition ourselves to reach flow states by doing a daily meditation practice. It seems that we can use all these strategies together to facilitate all the benefits from making these changes in the brain. And remember, the benefits are significant, ranging from better concentration and productivity to a better sense of accomplishment and positive mood. So this flow state is something that we can try to do every single day by eliminating distractions in our environment and focusing on tasks that are enjoyable, challenging, but at our skill levels. What do you guys think about all this? Do you have experience with flow states? Do you have any strategies you use to get into these states of altered consciousness? If you're listening to this podcast, feel free to email me. If you're watching this on YouTube, drop a comment under the video. I'm always happy to hear from you all. All right, folks, that's it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Our podcast is available on Google, Spotify, Amazon, Apple, and YouTube. So make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening. For now, have a wonderful rest of your week. And till next time, friends. Thank you.